The Guardian. Listening to the Guardian Children's Book Podcast. Ella opened the door. The air smelled of molten rocks, and the song of the choristers seemed to linger between the columns. The darkness only made the cathedral feel bigger. It was as if the night had brought the place to life, its very own kind of life. And it wouldn't have surprised me to see one of the saints step off his pedestal to ask us what in the devil's name, well, probably more like what in God's name, we were doing there at that time of night. Yes, what? Making fools of ourselves, I thought, as Ella pushed a torch into my hand. She obviously had no doubts about her plan. Outside the moon had found a tiny gap in the clouds. Its light fell on long space effigy making the stone look as white as snow. He really looked as if he were just asleep. Ella nodded at me encouragingly before stepping back. Come on, John. You have to at least try, or she'll never forgive you. I stepped closer to the sarcophagus. I would have needed just to lift my hand to touch Longspace glove. John! Ella whispered behind me. He's a knight. You have to kneel. Kneel! Whatever. I went down to my knees. My my name um, is John Whitcroft. My voice seemed to get lost in the silence, and no matter how much I tried to make it deeper, it was still the voice of an eleven-year-old boy. Um, I'm um, I'm here to ask for your help. Somebody wants to kill me, and because he's as dead as you, Ella thought. I stopped. No. This was just too stupid. The flagstones were as cold as ice and the moon still made Longsby's face look as white as a corpse. As if it wanted to remind me that I was kneeling in front of a dead man. But when I got on my feet, I heard Ella whisper behind me. What are you doing? Stay where you are. Don't you know anything about knights? They used to kneel like that for hours. Yep, I had heard about that. I could smell the autumn flowers on the altar, and I thought of the four murderers with the broken necks chasing me through the medieval clothes. Please. I heard myself whisper. The words came out by themselves. Please, William Longsby, help me. I heard steps, rattling steps, as if made by iron shoes. I turned around, and there he was. Whenever I close my eyes, I can still see him, as clearly as on that night, and it will always be that way. Salisbury Cathedral plays a central part in Ghost Night. What was it about the cathedral that captures your imagination? It's very hard to describe, you know. I think everybody who walks in may, may feel it. It has an enormous presence. It's almost like a huge stone beast that tells you a thousand stories the moment you st- uh, step in. And uh, it was almost hard to pick the right one. William Longsby is a historical figure. What was it about the character that encouraged you to use him in your books? And did you have to change him much? 
Uh, the thing with William was that when I saw his effigy in a, of a knight, he didn't look that... He looked very gentle for a knight. And uh, I was very intrigued by that. And then I heard, of course, the story of the dead rat in his skull, which, of course, is just treasure for a storyteller. And the more I researched his character, the more I was intrigued both by him and his wife, Ella of Longsby, who was the first female sheriff of Wiltshire. You've used some actual locations in Ghost Night, as well as many real historical people. How much research did you have to do? I actually did have to do a lot. I'd never done that before, to do use historical characters. And I also made sure I'm, I, I'm doing it correctly by asking the historian of the cathedral and other people to check on it. But I have to say it was great fun to do it this way. And you write your books in German, but they're read by children all over the world. Do you think what makes a good ghost story is the same for all children? I really think so, though I'm quite sure that when you're from China or Japan and you have very different kinds of ghosts, it's a very exotic feeling to read our ghost stories and to imagine, for example, you come from a hot country and you're suddenly in a cold and wet climate. So there are lots of things that the story works differently in every country. You moved to California in 2005. Has living in America had any impact on your writing? I think what it did, it made me very conscious of that I'm European because you suddenly see the contrast and you see that you're very different in some ways. So in a way, it clarified where I come from. Do your children give you any ideas and do you test the books on them? Yes, I always did, but my son is by now 17, so he's most likely a hero or inspiration sometimes now in the books. And my daughter is still one of my most passionate editors. Can you tell us anything about any current projects or future plans? Well, I'm in the middle of the Mirror World, so I'm in my third book. And uh, I'm also working on an app for the Mirror World, which will cost me almost as much as a short film, but it's so fantastic a project that I have to say I'm quite addicted to the process by now, and I hope I can do many more. Because for novelists, it's much more exciting to do an app where you can do many levels of the world, whereas in a movie, they always shrink it down. Thank you. Thank you very much. great downloads go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio